2: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
0: Looking to bet on the NFL this season? There's no better place to wager than betonline.ag. From spreads to totals to player props, you can bet on anything and everything NFL at betonline.ag this season. BetOnline is the official provider of all betting lines used on the TDN Fantasy Podcast and the DraftNetwork.com. Go to betonline.ag and start wagering on the NFL, college football, and so much more right now.
1: TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy, the TDN Podcast. TDN Fantasy Podcast with your hosts, Paige DeMakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians.
2: Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast, Paige Demacos, Jake Arians, Jamie Eisner. Our producer is off the map today. He is actually grieving still because of the Jets. So if you haven't listened to his, what was probably about seven to 10 minutes of a rant at the top of our last podcast, you should go back and listen to it because I think where he lands is actually a place that I feel really comfortable saying he's right on, which is it's ownership's fault that jets fans were dialed into one option this year. And that option is not an option you should ever want as a fan base. You should never want to be in a position where you're rooting to lose football games. That's just not, that means that something somewhere has gone really wrong with your franchise, if that's where you are. So I think if you're a jets fan, I know it's been a, it's been a tough week. Um, and this is this is gonna be a, a, an interesting end to the NFL season by for a lot of reasons, but you should go back and and uh, listen to what Chris Schubert had to say because I think he somewhere in there he had a good argument
1: a amongst broken, that seven reasons. Broken minutes. man, broken, He's man. A broken. I don't agree with yeah. his argument, by the way. And I don't agree that it's hundred percent ownership's fault when you should have gone six and ten, seven and nine. Injuries played a part, coaching played a part, a lot of things happen. Ownership definitely doesn't help them out. For sure. But it's typical of like certain fan bases to be like so broken, depressed and beat down that you had that glimmer of hope and that's what you're hanging on to. And now that's gone. You yeah. still make the argument it could be a great thing for them, but that's what and they were hanging their hats on and it is gone and he is a broken man. And I almost he, felt bad during the rant the other night. It's like I tried to build him up and say, I'm trying to give you some fireworks and some sunshine because it is a gloomy, gloomy day at the Sugar household.
2: It is, it is very gloomy, but what I will say, Jets fans, is I will direct you to the many pieces of content on the draftnetwork.com that are breaking down scenarios because guess what? This next few months, if things shake out this way, you're going to have a lot of options, right? You're going to have a lot of options. You're going to have a lot of things to think about. You're going to have you're gonna have your opportunity. So take bite on that, chew on that, think about that over the next couple of months if things uh, shake out the way that they are.
1: By the way, last night helped them. Like yeah, they have they have distance between three now, mm-hmm. and you're sitting at two with Lawrence going one. That's not a bad place to be. Like I yeah. get the whole Trevor Lawrence argument, but like now that you're definitely going to be two, even if you win a game, you're two. Like it's not the worst thing in the world when you got like no. five quarterbacks this year. People are going to want one. They're going to want that tackle. They're gonna, they're going to have some serious offers to trade out of there.
2: Yeah, there, there are plenty, uh, plenty of options. And shout out to the uh, person in the Cincinnati game. Nice transition here for us to talk about that game quickly uh, that had the big sign. What did it say? Penny for your thoughts up at the yeah, top of that. that Since awesome. they use it a play off of A Sewell's name. Well, no, not done. a guarantee anymore. Yeah, now also not a guarantee that they can, that they're they can be caught now. Yes, they sure can. Uh, they sure can. That's another
1: uh, one that should trade back. Take the kid from Virginia Tech. At like 12, getting more it's picks. Very and- interesting
0: that you say that, Jake. There is a very interesting article on in the draftnetwork.com that breaks down those exact scenarios, which includes going back and getting like a Rashawn Slater or getting a Christian Darasaw or one of those guys. And then the hall of picks that you could get. Because a lot of times that team moving up there, they might not be moving up for Sewell. They might be moving up to get that third quarterback. Exactly. Like, so, especially if they're a team that's in, you know, if it's a San Francisco, if it's, it's a team in a Washington, if it's a, somebody like that. You know, if it's maybe Dallas moving up, they might go up to get the tackle. But if it's one of those other teams where you're moving back six, seven, eight spots, you could set yourself up with two really strong years of draft capital. Fourth of
1: July fireworks and we're here for all of it. Yeah, I,
2: I'm in for all the chaos as is usual. And if you listen to this podcast, you are not surprised to hear me say that because I'm going to root for all of said scenarios to play out and all of the chaos to happen in the draft. But we have a very interesting football game that we have to react to, and that is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right? We talked about what do we need to see from this team, right? And Jamie, not so that. eloquent. <laughs> Jamie so eloquently put, right? It was like. I'm not going to take away anything positive. I'm either going to feel neutral about them or I'm going to feel much worse.
1: I think Jamie, Jamie's a scale quote was one... they could win 147 to seven. I don't care. I'm not going to take <laughs> that as a positive.
2: What is the scale now? Like on a scale of one to 10, Jane, how um, much worse do you feel about the Pittsburgh Steelers after that loss?
1: Negative.
0: I'm going to say probably at least a six, because that's going to be the number of consecutive losses they get to the end of their season. Ooh. Uh I, I I mean, I, I know that sounds like a hot take. They got Indianapolis, they Not got really. Cleveland, and then a playoff team. Right now, if they won, they might if they lose to Indianapolis next week and Cleveland beats the freaking Jets, they're still the freaking Jets. I don't care if they won one game, they're still the freaking Jets. There's a game between those two teams for the division in week 17. Like that's a very real possibility now, and let's say even they, they win one of those and they're fine, they win well, fine, they win their division. Are you going to pick them right now to beat Cleveland or Baltimore or Indianapolis or Miami or if are you like are you going to pick them to win any of those games in the postseason? Like I'm not, not with the way this team is playing right now, not with some of the injuries they have on defense. I, I just. I have look this team has been trending down prior to losing this last these last 3 games. We had talked about this a lot on the show that we were like they're going to get caught eventually. The question was would they get caught and then kind of figure things out, reset themselves and kind of get themselves to the level they need to be. They've got caught and they keep going down. Like this yeah. has been a 6 or 7 week, probably longer, but really a 6 or 7 week stretch of just like We're heading in the wrong direction and things were okay because you were still winning. Now things are not okay. And I don't have any confidence. The team's going to win another football game this year. I really don't.
1: I I agree. I mean, you go back to that Eagles game, Jamie, we overlook some bad performances early, especially from this vaunted defense. It's typical Steelers nation to go. It's all offense fire. Randy Fickner, bring back Todd Haley, get the out of here. Your (laughs) defense gave up that much. Yes. You had some turnovers, but your defense gave that up to Ryan Finley and that offense yes and they ran yeah. it Ryan, down Ryan your Finley. throat with geo bernard yeah like, oh by the way i don't yeah. want to hear about it was the offense's fault yes they turn it over but you got to be it was a team collapse of epic Sh- yes. proportions by the way the steelers don't lose in prime time whether they're good or not and they lost at the Bengals on monday night football guys they've won nine straight monday night games
0: there's just so many, like, like you said, Jay, Ryan Finley. I mean, if you go back to the stat I talked about on the show yesterday, it was averaging like 10.3 points per game as a starter. Not only did, did he have a ton of success? He had a rushing success. They let Ryan Finley run it down their throats. They let Gio Bernard and that offensive line run it down their throats. Like I, I,
1: I want to give Zach Taylor credit guys. Like we could bash on the Steelers and it was bad. That offensive game plan was awesome. Whether they that got was. turnovers or not, they stuck to the run. They wanted to shorten the game. They had some of the zone read stuff. They knew they could get away with it watching film because you got a young rookie. And the way the Steelers play, they crash those ends towards a quarterback, right? Well, you saw that on tape. They got all those injuries with Bud Dupree, and you got a, a rookie that's played really well. But he crashes on the, on the Finley touchdown. And Zach, they took, t- took advantage of that. Short passes, and when they knew they were in zone, they knew they were in man. They took advantage of both throughout the night. I thought the game plan was spectacular. By the way, that defense is not bad. Like they no, played actually, pretty well all year, but they played yeah. really good last night. They were physical, they wanted it more.
0: They're sneaky solid on defense right now, Cincinnati. Like they're there are no name defense. Nobody knows any of the guys they have there. But when they get healthy, particularly on the D-line, they're gonna have they have some pieces there. They got two really strong. Say, I mean, Jesse Bates is a superstar. just nobody talks about him because he's Austin, the kid from
1: Auburn had a hell of a night. Loss he's he's yeah. a good Von Bell's stud. a
0: good player. He's just yeah. got it finally got a chance to start now. Uh, but they have some they have some pieces there on that Cincinnati defense, but regardless. They were not the better. They were not the better team on paper. They were by far the better team on that football field, Absolutely. and that is a problem for Pittsburgh. Like, I, it's it's not overreaction it's, at this point. No, it's not. No, it's it's. And to it's,
1: answer your question, it's I not as anybody. No. And, and, and so th-
2: how. I want to, I want to put the fantasy lens on here though, guys, because at moments in time, if you're, this is championship week, right? This is this championship week? And if you are playing in a fantasy championship, there is probably one player on this team that played a part in your run to the championship. There were, there are many high points for chase Claypool and Juju Smith Schuster and Thompson and James Connor. And it's I been, for a while. Exactly. Eric Gibron. Exactly. So you're in a really tough matchup this upcoming week against the Indianapolis Colts. Who, if anyone, are you comfortable starting? Because I can tell you I already am starting another quarterback outside of Ben. I sat Ben last night and I'm setting I'm sitting him again this upcoming weekend. It's
0: a great question, Paige, because I, I want to talk about this because you, you hear the term like must-start a lot. And how I mm-hmm. define my personal of like must-starts are a guy that's ranked in like my top six QBs or a guy that's ranked in my top, you know, 24 wide receivers, whatever, top 20 running backs, that sort of a thing. I have one Steeler. So right now, if I, if I let's expand this out, if I go to my top 20 quarterbacks, if I go to my top 30 running backs, if I go to my top or like top 25 running backs, I go to my top 30 wide receivers. There's one Steeler I think is worth starting next week. That's guaranteed. Now, if you're a deeper league, you might have to make some other options. But to me, the only guy that I'm saying probably still needs to start across the board is Deontay Johnson. That's it. I know he's had his drops issues. He is still the number one in that offense. He gets plenty of volume. He is a big touchdown threat for them. I it's, that's the only guy I still have him as my wide receiver 20 this week. Everybody else is a second flex consideration best. And I don't have Ben Roethlisberger as a top 20 quarterback next week. So uh, we'll see what happens with Ebron um, because he's he uh, looks like he might be okay, but we'll see it's a short turnaround here. but I think he's Deontay so Johnson's the only anyway. one that you yeah, I think Deontay Johnson's the only one that you can say, yeah he still has to be in my lineup. Everybody else you can make very compelling arguments to sit next week.
1: I agree wholeheartedly. what did he end up with 21, 22 points last night? I mean he still had 11 like 11 targets and seven catches at one point. I know he had a, touch, a catch after that. he ended up with a touchdown. His run after the catch ability is phenomenal. So if they're going to do this dink and dunk stuff, he can clear man at the line of scrimmage like nobody's business in the league. Very few guys have, have that kind of quickness. And he looks like he's working his ass off to fix the drops. I mean, ESPN did a great job of showing him three hours before the game last night, like damn near yeah. making his hands bleed, working on it. And it paid off. I mean, he didn't have any drops last night. Been through one behind him that he stuck an arm out uh, and batted, but he didn't really have any drops. It's just there's too much ability there in the fantasy. You're going to have a pretty – pretty high floor and you have a very high ceiling the rest of those guys like chase claypool has been really good but going down the field he's getting a lot of pass interference calls he probably should have got one at the end of the game i think he's leading the nfl and in pass interference is over 20 yards but people are, are rolling to that now they're seeing that and ben's arm doesn't look like he can get it there anyway so yeah. the rest of the bank and dunk stuff i think deontay johnson's the only guy you can go with i love juju yeah. but it's it's all possession stuff and he plays really physical and all that but like i don't feel comfortable putting him in there He's like in the, he's in the
0: like upper 30s for me. Like yeah. there, you know, there's a conversation to be had with him, but I just think at this point it's not the only one you can really trust right now is Deontay Johnson. The 13 targets had another like a 20-point fantasy day again. Like he's he's been so good this year. He's been a true wide receiver one in fantasy. Uh so I mean that's somebody that you still have to throw out there, and he's still getting his looks, even when he's dropping the ball, but it's going yeah, to be the I mean, same
1: against Cleveland if you're in a, you know, 17 week final, if you're in a two week yeah. final and you're playing week 17, like I don't know that I feel that much more comfortable playing that defense even though that pass defense is definitely not Indies. I still don't love it then. Maybe in week no, 17 this... if you're in one of those two week finals, you have to play some of those other guys, but man, that's this week in the finals yeah. in a traditional format, I think Johnson's the only play, only guy you can go with.
2: And and you probably didn't feel comfortable with your Steelers going into this upcoming week before you watched Cincinnati, right? Like you you, you yeah. didn't need to watch this game because they're playing Indianapolis. Indianapolis's defense is for real. We've we've seen this team take steps forward. So it it wasn't this wasn't like oh this is all just based off of what we just saw. It made me feel worse, yeah. right? Like but but I already sat Ben. Like I already had to make a move because he hasn't been. What we needed him to be this year, so it's it's been a disappointment Jamie, let me ask you this. thus far.
1: So in the finals, you're scrambling for every point. Do you feel comfortable playing that Steelers defense? I rode him in two leagues all year. I don't know the way Indy's playing on offense. I know it's at home, so that that field is beat up this kind this time of year, and the weather is going to be cold. And Indy's kind of built to be a turf team. But man, with that running attack, throwing at those backs out of the backfield, the way Philip Rivers is executing that offense, I don't know that I feel that good playing them over, say, Cleveland against the Jets.
0: No, I absolutely actually would play Cleveland. So when I did my my defense rankings, which were done before the game, I even before watching them just get blown off the line by Cincinnati and you know the rushing phenom that is Ryan Finley, uh, I had them at nine for the yeah. week. So like I had him way down there. I have Cleveland, you know, Cleveland three. I mean, if I just want to go with like my top six, and I feel really, really good about this week, Baltimore, Buffalo, Cleveland, Washington, Chicago, Miami. Like I think I feel really good about those, those units there. Some of those are available in a lot of leagues, but you know, it, it gets tough because, and this is where the defense conversation always is it's fun because this is where sometimes the Steelers might have to be in the, like, we make, we make plays, even if we give up points. And that, yes. and then you can you can deal with that balance as long as it's not like thirty five points, uh, yeah. With your fantasy defense, because right after them, I've got you know I've got the Rams who in that same spot, like they're going to give up some points to Seattle, but they can make plays. But then you start to deal with some of these other, you know, Tampa Bay's in that category uh, against Detroit. But then you start to get to like. Do you really want to, even though it's a decent matchup, do you want to play? Do you trust the Eagles? Do you trust the Texans? Do you trust, you know what I mean? Do you trust some of these other teams that just aren't as good of units overall, but have better matchups? So they're in that like low end defense one conversation where I don't think they're a must start. They might be better than what you have available, but I don't think it's like a sit and don't even check your wire. Like yeah, this it's, is I one where. Yeah,
1: worth bringing up because all year it's yeah. been, I'm riding them and I'm not even like looking at my defense. We're just, we're just sure. coming back in there than the bye week. And I think if you want to win the fantasy championship, you have to look. I, I, and I think also if, if you,
0: all right, so this is, that's another great point that I want to bring up. If you have an extra bench spot this week, which you should, this is your final. So you know who you're not going to play and you know, who has exactly. no chance to play for you. Speculative add the Carolina Panthers defense. Because the starting current starting quarterback for that team decided to go to a strip club, yeah, and then throw and throw some money around after throwing 55 pass attempts in a loss. Alex Smith might not be healthy. You might have Taylor Hennicky starting that game for Washington. Carolina's defense is opportunistic. They're young, they're energetic, and they've been a decent fantasy option these last few weeks. If Taylor Hennicky is starting for Washington with likely no Antonio Gibson. Uh, I would play that. I think that instantly becomes a top 10 fantasy defense. So if you need an option.
2: I'm glad you brought it up, Jamie, because I was going to, I was going to mention the obvious news uh, that has come out from John Kime on Twitter about uh, Washington football team and, and Dwayne Haskins, right. And, and him going to a strip club post game on Sunday. Guys just don't get it, man. It will be an, it will, I will save it for my final thought. Yeah. I will. I was going to save it for my final thoughts, but there is, there's stupid. And then there's this,
1: like, you mean like not having your helmet while your backup quarterback goes and takes a knee last year when you're the starter and you get another chance this year and you do something like this.
2: Exactly. That was stupid. This is so far past that because it is so irresponsible and so disrespectful to everybody on your team. Your head coach had cancer this year, dude. Like if you don't get that, I don't understand. You don't belong in this league. You don't deserve to play in this league if you are that irresponsible.
1: He'd be sitting I, home at, for me.
2: 150%. Ron, if I'm I Ron Rivera, I'm
1: like, take your ass to the house To the season's over. I don't care if we make the playoffs. Don't make the play. You're not playing for me again. If you're that irresponsible, I don't care that Alex Smith's not back and we got to play somebody else. Like there's no way. I I see Ron doing that too, by the way.
2: And maybe it's more, I took it more personally because I have a brother who's a cancer survivor. Right. And I know what this looks like, but that's your freaking head coach, man. Like he was just in a hospital. Literally, we were watching him get his last chemo treatments a couple of weeks ago, dude. What is wrong with you?
1: Take that away. The world we're living in right now, you're a freaking playoff potential team to win your division. And if this runs rampant and you lose a game, you should win against the Panthers because you lost 10 guys and it's your fault because you can't stay out of a strip club. Like, there's your answer to what we were all wondering earlier in the year. Like, why are they going away from him? if they don't, they know he's so damn immature. They're like, I don't give a damn. We're moving on. It was a first round pick. It was pre this, this regime. He's done like, who takes a chance on him? We'll get into that this offseason, season, but like, it's just ridiculous, man.
2: There's, there's immature. Yeah. And then they're like, I mean it, there's immature, they're stupid, but then there's this, this is so far past that. I cannot even imagine having to be in a locker room with that guy. I cannot. I cannot imagine after the sacrifices and the conversations that have happened for all these guys, their families, and everything that got them to this point. And you do something like that, like you just you're you're that's the type of thing. If I was in the locker room, like that's the type of thing I want to hit a player for. Like if I was another because I just like how do you do that to your teammates, man? Like you so they're so and they're they're such a young team.
1: I'd love to know some of the people that are dialed in there. Is it Jonathan Allen? Is it Kerrigan? Who is the one that's throwing him up against the locker yeah. when he comes back in and saying, get it together, dude. Like this is, or who's the guy that's, that brings him aside and says, man, you look, you're a first round pick. You lost all this weight. You got in shape. You look better, but you're so damn immature. Like do you not realize your career is a year or two from being a backup? And then you're out of the league. Like NFL stands for not for long in all caps. Who grabs him and pulls him aside and smacks him upside the head and just like, dude, I'm looking out for you. Like, listen to me. I don't know that he'd get that though. I'm guessing somebody had already done that, including Alex Smith who he's in the quarterback room with all the time. But like, it's ridiculous, man. It never surprises me though. Like these guys come out of these colleges, five-star recruits, superstars, they get to the league. They think it's going to be the same thing. The world revolves around them. They're not part of it. It's just absolutely. I go back to that same thing I just said, like that drove me so crazy last year. You win a game as a yeah. starter. What was a second game as a starter. Mm-hmm. It was early. I don't Ace remember. Keenum has to run out there because he's the backup that has his helmet in his hand. Cause you're signing autographs, taking selfies with fans and don't realize your team is take by the way, the most beautiful play in NFL football is the victory formation at home. For sure. Unless you're and adjusting. you're not out there in your first freaking win to do it. Like, I don't even know what that point says. Like to me, that's a bigger issue than this. Like we talked about my, my old man ran a couple weeks ago about awareness. Come on, man. Like that's just crazy. And
2: uh, I'll put a bow on this conversation by saying I've seen people box Ohio state quarterbacks into the same conversation. Justin Fields is not Dwayne Haskins. Okay. I understand that they have come out and you've got Cardell Jones and you've got Dwayne Haskins and now you've got, I'm talking about off the field. Okay. I, Justin Fields is not Dwayne Haskins. So do not box these bullshit things that are happening off the field with Dwayne Haskins and tag them into Justin Fields as he's coming out. You want to discuss how he's had a bad year and he hasn't been as good on the field. I'm totally interested in having that conversation, but don't tag the stupidity. That is what's happening with what, what is happening now to another player i've already seen it and i do not this is this is so far beyond selfish and stupid that i do not want this associated with anybody other than the person that did it right and you can have that conversation and i hope somebody does i hope somebody tells him to wake the f up because his career is going to be over if he doesn't do it sooner rather it might already be who knows he's he may not get another opportunity let me tell
1: you this when teams call to ask about him and they will and they call Ron Rivera, one of the most respected guys in the league. And Ron goes, no. Conversation over. Like, there's no more questions. There's no follow-ups. There's no, well, what if? Uh, it's no. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know that Ron will do that to the kid. But Ron also has his reputation. So for certain people call that are interested. And he says, no. You're done. That team hangs up and moves on to someone else Quickly. Don't think that that's not how this is going to go for him this offseason. And they got to trade him. It's not like they're going to just whatever. I mean, Ron, but Ron's still going to be like, no,
2: it's a wrap. Like I had to just, I I know Ron. I've been around Ron plenty to know the type of person and man that he is. He knows how to handle personalities. He's Cam Newton's head coach. Like, don't don't come at me with that conversation. Like he was Cam's head coach for a long time. Like this is not that. This is a this is a totally different conversation. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about waiver wires uh, and and pickups that can help you in the championship week. Now, you should have a a pretty solid roster going in if you're there, right? But there have been injuries. There have been things that have happened uh, that have gotten to this point where we've got a couple of guys that are uh, owned in less, they're rostered in less than 50% of leagues. So they're available in a lot of leagues here. Uh, And the first one I picked up last week, very happy that I did along with, I'm quite, I'm sure, uh, a lot of other people, right, with that Ezekiel Elliott news that came out, and that is Tony Pollard. So I'm going to assume that both of you are giving the double thumbs up on picking up Tony Pollard going into this week uh, with a matchup up against Philadelphia. Jamie, you first.
0: I'll defer to Jake. How did it feel to play against Tony Pollard last week? And <laughs> Dude, first and of all,
1: league? I put up like 145 <laughs> points against Jamie, right? And, lost by, like and lost by 40. It wasn't just Tony Pollard. Everybody, he had the highest scoring team of the week. Put up 187 points, (laughs) yeah. 180 something, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I put up 145, which would have won like every week of the year, pretty much. 180 something, Tony Pollard was one of his 37 point guys, or whatever the hell he ended up with, with a bunch of dudes he picked up off the waiver wire last week. I was projected to win by like 30 when the week started, and I lose by 40 with a good week. Uh, Look, you. I love it other than are you going to end up in a San Francisco situation with Mostert and Wilson both playing, right? If Zeke decides he's shutting it down, which I personally think he should, and the Cowboys probably want him to and probably going to push him in that direction, then I love this. Love the matchup. I love the player has been explosive all year, been much better than Zeke all year. So if he's going to get those kind of touches again, I think he's a must play over a lot of guys, including a guy like Jonathan Taylor.
2: Uh, yeah. next guy, go ahead, James.
1: No, I
0: was going to say like that. My only concern is going to be, I, I do think Zeke plays and then you're going to get a split time and they're both going to end up eating into each other's value. And they're both probably yeah. going to be like second flexes at best. Uh, but if Zeke's out, he's a must start.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, I'm hopeful that Zeke, uh, spends the, spends this, uh, upcoming game with the bruised ego tag. Uh, as I talked about last week. All right, next running back that I want to talk about here uh, is uh, Savon Ahmed from the Miami Dolphins. And I know, Jamie, you're excited to talk about Ahmed. 34% he's rostered on, so there's quite a bit of availability. Uh, Lots of injury news was last week, week 15 for the Miami Dolphins. This was like one of the only positive things that happened for that team offensively. So, Jamie, uh, are you feeling comfortable picking him up this week?
0: I am. Uh, I think he's a top 15 running back. How about that for a take? This Let's week? go. He's going to be this is a sneak preview for all you listeners out there. He's going to be in my sneaky starts column that drops on Thursday morning. But uh, it, it, so he got the lion's share of the touches, obviously, against the Patriots, getting 23 carries. So over his last three outings, when he's been healthy, he's been averaging 21 touches per game. Pretty much touches per game. And uh, I don't know if you've noticed uh the Raiders are bad at stopping anybody from running on them. They are really, really, really bad. And they're bad against fantasy running backs. And this kind of volume, and I think Miami's gonna be up in this game. I think this kind of volume from him, which they've shown him now, it's been more than one week. It's just he's got to get healthy. If Miles Gaskin does not play in this game, I think he's in that must-start RB category. I think he can, he's gonna win some fantasy championships with
1: his performance on Saturday night. By the way, he's playing the Patriots with a rookie quarterback. The Patriots are going to take the run away and make Tua beat them. And he still had that kind of day. He's turned into a really good player. It's the same situation, though. If Gaskins plays, he's going to get some touches. Are they enough to win you the championship? Like, you got to pay attention to weather, split carries, all this kind of stuff. I mean, if if a couple of these things fall in your favor, I mean, I think you got to pick him up regardless, right? And you also got to try to keep him away from whoever you're playing because everybody's in this situation running backs. Jonathan Taylor has been phenomenal for the last couple of weeks. But if you don't look at the fact that he's playing on a crappy field outside in Pittsburgh against that defense, yes, they've been bad. It's still not the greatest matchup in the world. Naheem Hines is still there. I'm not saying you have a better option, but like you got to pay attention to all this stuff because you might have a better option if Gaskins doesn't play or if Zeke doesn't play.
2: Or perhaps you're in this category where you had Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who obviously suffered an injury in that game, and you're looking for another running back, right? And Le'Veon Bell is the next guy I want to talk about. And if he's not, he's actually rostered in the most amount of leagues um, in comparison to the other two, which I think is funny. That's (laughs) sticking off of name value for the most part. But now... With Clyde Edwards-Alaire out, obviously, has a significant has significantly more value. So, Jake, I'll let you take this one first. What are your thoughts on Le'Veon Bell this upcoming week?
1: I think they're going to run it enough that they can still run their little RPO fake dive. I think Patrick Mahomes has a monster day. I mean, of course, I watched that game really closely last week. The Falcons defense has played tremendously better under Raheem Morris than they did Dan Quinn when he took over but it's still not good enough. And when they have to lean on somebody, they're going to lean on Patrick Mahomes in this past offense. The Falcons can't really rush the passer. So that's the only way you get Patrick Mahomes off his spot and have any success. I think he has a decent day for some reason. I think he'll get more of the dump off checkdowns than CEH was getting, which makes no sense, but I think he will. So I think he's worth it. I don't think he has quite the upside of the other guys that we talked about. If those other guys in their backfields don't play, I like him. I think he's probably a decent flex option. As Jamie said, for weeks now, you probably have a better receiver if you're looking at him in a flex. If it's an RB2, I'd probably still feel pretty comfortable if if you got to go that route. I mean, they're going to run it some. But this Falcons' defense has changed up what they do. Their past defense was the worst in the league, and it's still not good, but they've gotten a lot better against the run since Raheem Morris took over. And if you're not paying attention to that, you don't listen to the show and think that the early narratives are the late narratives and they're the same, don't be that foolish. That's not the case right
0: now. Interesting little nugget about this. Uh, so I'm actually glad that we're talking about this. So the Falcons have been a surprisingly good defense against fantasy running backs. They're only allowing 21.3 points per game to the position as a whole. But very interestingly enough, 54% of that production is in the receiving game, which is where, the, to Jake's point, where I think Le'Veon Bell is going to have at least enough of a, a floor there to be. Uh, a low-end RB2 option for you. Like you probably have, like Jake said, you probably have a receiver you like more there, uh, but he does sneak inside my top 24 running backs this week, barely. I think he is my RB24. So if you are in a pinch or you had Clyde Edwards-Alaire and you're looking for somebody else, I think he's going to get enough dump-off work in this game to get you to double digits.
2: All right, let's talk about some quarterbacks here, guys. Two quarterbacks that didn't think I'd be talking about coming in championship week for, for totally different reasons. And the first one is Jalen Hurts. Uh, who now, you know, proved a lot in that 33-26 loss. Um, I know it was the loss, but he played, you know, he fought till the end and it was a, it actually turned into a good game even after the Cardinals took a took a pretty significant lead uh, and then, you know, passed for 338 yards, three touchdowns and obviously has the rushing. So the 63 yards and another touchdown. So that puts you in a good spot. Jake talks about this a lot. You know, it, it's, it's hard to, you look at what you know as a regular quarterback and then in, in, in non-fantasy context, but the, the rush ability and the ability to run puts you in, the, in a different tier, right? And he's in that tier. And so is the next quarterback we're gonna talk about. Jamie, I'll let you take this first. You're it's the championship chase. Uh, if you're, let's say a, a Paige DeMakos that is playing in the championship and you had Ben Roethlisberger and you sat Ben Roethlisberger this week, do you think Jalen Hurts is a better option this upcoming week than, than Ben Roethlisberger?
0: I have 17 spots difference between the two. Wow. Not what I would have expected a few weeks ago. I have Jalen Hurts as my QB six this week, going against a bottom 10 Dallas Cowboys defense against fantasy quarterbacks. He's going to get you that high floor with his rushing. That game has tremendous implications, particularly for – well, for two reasons. One, the fact they flexed that Washington-Carolina game into the late window, which means that both teams will kick off still having a playoff chance. And two, there, as we talked about, there might be a, a, something named Taylor Hanneke starting that game for Washington, which could make mean they not win that game, which means both these teams are going to stay alive. So uh, this is going to be a huge game. I don't trust Dallas' defense at all. I think Philadelphia is going to be able to have a lot of success here. Jalen Hurts is going to give you that high floor. The rushing ability is huge. He's not going to get you four touchdowns again. I don't don't expect a 30-point game, Uh, but I think he can get you in the mid-20s without any issue against this defense.
1: Look, the Cardinals' defense has been better than advertised real football. Fantasy-wise, they've been pretty good, and he lit them on fire. Uh, I was impressed with the throwing ability. Alshon Jeffrey looks like a thing again. Fulgham was good. Greg Ward was good. Both tight ends were involved. Miles Sanders is healthy. And when it comes down to it, he's a rookie quarterback playing on instinct. He's going to take off running. And he doesn't mind at this point getting the hell beat out of him, running, taking shots and everything else. I love it. I didn't think I would. Last week I'd have been like, "Yeah, if you're really desperate. Now I think maybe you make a move over a bunch of guys to maybe make this play to win it. He has a 30-point game in him again for sure. Would I expect that? No. But I also think the minimum is going to be 18 to 20 if he plays bad just because he's going to run that much i i like it a lot more than i thought i was going to
2: Jalen, thank you so much for taking me to the fantasy championship because this move playing Jalen hurts over ben roethlisberger this week single-handedly got me out into the fantasy championship and i felt i was really nervous i was not i was not excited about doing this but i I haven't seen, you know, if you've had Ben Roethlisberger, this is more towards a point that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, where you buy into what you think you were going to see. And I started to not see that for a while now from Ben. Right. And it, and it, and he never was even in the vicinity of where I wanted him to be. So I, you have to move off of that. And I know that it's, it, you can always, when you're in barn burners, like I was in, I was like, well, I need upside. I need I need the opportunity to be able to, to score me some points and worked out and hopefully, uh, hopefully which takes cojones.
1: And Jamie says all the time, don't just look at your sleeper Yahoo ESPN projected points. Use your eyes. Yeah. Then was projected for like 21 and a half over a lot of people. Yeah. He was so projected for, to go, for more. I trust my eyes. I don't like what I've seen against a team that he lit up for like 25, 30 points last time they played. I love that move, but it took some freaking guts to do it. That's, that's awesome. But that's what you got to do this week. Same thing is like, look at what you've seen. Do you play Hertz? Yeah, probably. So. Yeah.
2: And it's, I know I'm looking at the, you know, I'm looking at the sleeper points and I'm looking at the projections for this upcoming week. And I'm going, yeah, I see that 18 points that you're projecting for Pittsburgh against and for Ben against Indianapolis. And I just don't think that's happening. Like, I just I, – I know that that's coming off that Cincy win or since he loss, but, yeah, i just not feeling you comfortable with it.
1: You have a 15-game sample size of why that doesn't make sense. And most of it's yeah. that matchup against that defense. Now, is he capable of it? Yeah, but he's got to show you something he hasn't shown you in a while, and they all have to show you that. The offensive line's been bad. They don't run the ball. James Conner didn't make that big of a difference. Use your eyes.
2: Ben was my quarterback that I went out. I had him in a bunch, a couple leagues. And uh, this was the first year, other than obviously with the injury where it really bit me. He didn't turn out to be the guy and I usually wait on him uh, in certain leagues. He just didn't turn out. Uh, And this one brings me a lot of joy for a lot of reasons, okay? Uh, But mostly brings me a lot of joy because as if you've listened to this podcast for a very long time, you've known that I've always been Team Mitch and it feels good. Feels good to be validated by my boy, Mitch. And maybe it took the benching and maybe it took uh, Matt Nagy, you know, getting his head out of you know where to figure out something going on here with David Montgomery and Mitchell Trubisky. But he's the last person on this waiver. And much like we talked about with Jalen Hurts, Mitch has the ability to run, guys, right? We've seen it. Uh, I wish they did it a little bit more. I wish they let the, the reins off even more than they have over the last couple of weeks. But he has, this offense has put up points over the last month, which feels very bizarre to say out loud, and they're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is a prime matchup for this team. Jamie, what is your comfortability uh, with playing Mitch in a game that really matters for the Bears as they're still in the postseason hunt against this Jacksonville Jaguars team?
0: I'm interested. Uh, I, th- I have him as just inside my top 15. So I, I don't think he's like a must start in single QB leagues, but I think he's going to be in that conversation. You know, since returning that starting role, he's been the QB 13 in fantasy, uh, averaging a little about 18.4 points per game. He's got a couple, it's been a little bit up and down. He's got like a couple 20 plus point performances and a couple like sub 15 points. So it's kind of been uh, a little bit up and down. But the Jaguars allow the third most fantasy points to quarterbacks. This season, I don't think there's going to be any problems with uh, with Chicago going down there and being able to put up points and score. So, uh, again, not a guarantee, uh, not somebody I look at and say, you know, you has to be in every lineup. But I think he's going to be another guy that's in my sneaky starts column as. You know, if you're scrambling now or let's say you've had Ben or somebody, you know, maybe you've been rolling with like Ben and Cam Newton all year. And somehow that's miraculously got your way into the fantasy finals with that. Uh, this, is a, this is a play that you can probably add and help your team right now. Or if there's a late injury or something changes, uh, he's a player that you can add probably later in the week and get you
1: at least enough to get by. I like it, but there's one thing that scares the hell out of me because I'm finally getting what I've been begging for for three years. And that was David Montgomery at 36 carries. And I think that's going to be the case again. Like Paige said, this is a playoff game for them. They got to win out to get in. They're going to ride what's gotten them there. It had been. Mitch has been better. Mitch has been tremendous upgrade from what they had. He was better early in the year and he was much better than when they had Foles playing. But the dude that they're riding right now is Montgomery. E like, I love it because he throws those little five yard touchdowns to Allen Robinson when they get down there. I love that kind of, but it scares me that Montgomery has another monster game and Mitch has another really good game, but not a great game for you in fantasy. I like it if you, that Jamie's scenario, much better, much bigger upgrade. Uh, But I am a little hesitant when it comes to, they have run it well for a few weeks.
2: So let's, let me pose a couple scenarios here then. Start, sit right between quarterbacks. So let's start with Ben since we talked about it. Ben or Mitch?
0: Mitch. Mitch, not close.
2: Okay. Philip Rivers or Mitch?
0: Mitch. Mitch. It's close, but it's but yeah. I'll go Mitch.
2: Those those were the two that I was like, okay. It's close, it, it, but that one that one I thought might get. But the matchup with Pittsburgh and it's you know obviously a when tough, Rivers tough has game. big weeks,
1: it's like eighteen points. That's the yeah. thing that like Rivers's hadn't...
0: real life good games have not translated into fantasy,
2: no. or, 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 or
0: I shouldn't say good. They've been turned into fantasy great games.
1: Yeah, yeah. Those
2: were those were the main two that I wanted to to get you guys' opinion on because I know that. The, the lens has been obviously with with Phil is that that team has been great, but fantasy wise, it's just, he's been kind of just where he is, right? He doesn't so, really, doesn't really go over that. So that's why yeah. I wanted to ask.
0: Some other big names I would sit in favor of Trubisky. Matt Ryan would be one. I know he had a big game last week, but he was, it's been weeks since we have seen something like that. Outside uh, in Kirk, Kansas City. Yeah, yeah. Kirk Cousins, I would sit. Um, and I think there's kind of this glut here where I guess it's a, it's a, pick your poison type of a thing. Uh, but I have them above all of these guys, but they're like razor thin margin. And that is Mitchell Trubisky, Matthew Stafford, Drew Brees, Phillip rivers. Like I have them all. Like if I had to group those four together in one box, if you have a strong preference for one lean with your gut, uh, but I have Trubisky above those guys. And I have above Jared Goff either, who you literally cannot trust against anybody.
2: No, who knows? not that, not, this, not against no, that defense not, is
1: playing better.
0: No, apparently right, not against guys, the jets the li- either. no, <laughs>
2: wish we had, wish we had a sounder for that one all right the last waiver pickup here that i wanted to talk to you guys about is russell gage he has caught or thrown a touchdown pass in each of his last three games finished with five catches 68 yards and a touchdown last week uh what are you guys' thoughts here i know obviously there's been tons of wide receiver depth so it's hard to say okay you need to pick somebody up to play him this week they play kansas city uh, you know, it's been a decent matchup depending on where, how you look at it. Jamie, what are you thinking here with Russell Gage?
0: So I'm thinking that you're going to spoil all of my sneaky starts column before we end this podcast, but uh, he also makes this list for me uh, <laughs> over the last five weeks. He's the wide receiver 25 in fantasy and average points per game. Um, he's getting eight and a half targets a game, and a couple of those did have Julio Jones in there. To me, if Julio doesn't play, which I think is unlikely that he's going to play, uh, he's a wide receiver three in fantasy for me. I think he's going to be in that conversation. You're going to like if you play three receivers, the wide receiver three spot. If not, a flex spot. Uh, I think I know Kansas City has actually been the second best team uh, against fantasy wide receivers this year, but Matt Ryan and the Falcons are going to have to throw the ball to keep up with Mahomes, and all you care about is volume. Especially if you're not playing Matt Ryan, you don't care what happens with him. You just want the targets and the volume. And I think Ridley and Russell Gage will both be perfectly fine
1: and are really strong starting options. The Falcons don't run it anyway, and they're going to get boat raced. So they're going to throw it more than they normally throw it. So yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Well, I don't like Matt Ryan in this matchup outdoors on grass and the cold. I like the fact that he's probably going to get 10 or 12 targets. And if Julio doesn't play, it might be 15 and mm-hmm. they will run a reverse and do some different stuff with him. So yeah, I, I like it. I and mean, I not I don't love it but he's probably, I like the sneaky part of that. Jamie is that he's probably a guy that you need to look at when you're trying to make these decisions. When you're looking at matchups, they're going to get trucked and they're going to throw it a ton.
2: Yeah. It's that's why a little early preview at Jamie sneaky starts calm. All right, guys, let's finish with looking at the rankings and seeing what stands out. This is Jamie's time to shine. And that means, uh, we got to talk about our lovely partner manscaped and, Listen, there have been some unbelievable letters that have been written to to the TDM fantasy show. Really enjoying that none better than the letter we received from Trevor Lawrence last last show. So if you haven't read the letter from Trevor You know, he really was trying to look out for his guy, Chris. He knew that Chris was going to be feeling down in the dumps after he realized that Trevor would not be wearing green uh, and playing in New York. So, you know, thanks, Trevor, for writing that letter is really kind. And, uh, you know, looking forward to maybe a potential new letter coming up in the next few weeks. So if you want to write us a letter, feel free. Go ahead, Jamie.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Our our mailbox and inbox are open, but uh, no letter this week or or at least today, just because, I think it's important. This is our last show. I guess it's not technically our last show because we're going to move up our live show. But this this might be the last show you have a chance to listen to before Christmas. So if you've kind of been procrastinating or if you've attempted – I don't know if anybody's attempted to go to any sort of a mall right now. I know with the pandemic, but even with masks, uh, if you've seen the lines and some stuff on the news, don't go. You're not going to get anywhere anyway. But if you still need some ideas or if you need to be a little bit late like myself i didn't ship my gift to Paige in time so she's going to get it a little late so that's okay there's nothing wrong with that i'm not judging you but a great way to do that and a great gift if you're not sure what to get somebody to get the man in your life is manscaped and the ultimate stocking stuffers look no further than the manscape tools manscape is the only brand dedicated to below the waist grooming and hygiene products and as we've mentioned on the show before their products have now been released across Europe, Canada, and Australia. So here are some of the options you can choose from this holiday season: the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, that's a favorite of this show, going back to our intern Hank. Like it, it can, you will get the job done for you. The Crop Reviver Ball Toner, Jake's favorite. Spritz on, air dry. A spray-on toner that will give your balls a little slice of heaven with the aloe vera and hazel extracts. Crop Cleanser Body Wash, and you can also use it on your hair. The Crop Mop Ball Wipes, the Foot Duster Foot Deodorant. The Shears 2.0 nail kit, the weed whacker nose, ear, and hair trimmer, all of those things are amazing. But the big grand prize here, and we've talked about this for a couple months on the show now, is the Lawn Mower 3.0 trimmer uh, with proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce all grooming accidents. And you can get saved 20% and get free shipping by using the code TDN at manscaped.com. 20% off absolutely free shipping, which you're not going to find many places this holiday season uh, at manscaped.com by using the code TDN. Get yourself a gift for Christmas. Get yourself a personal gift. Get yourself a gift for somebody else. You know what? Maybe you have some, maybe you're going to spend some alone time with a special someone on New Year's Eve. You better better get, get moving on that one. It's not that far away. Make sure you're cleaned up and prepared for any activities to ring in the new year with Manscaped. Save 20% off by using the code TDN.
2: Code oh, TDN. As you heard from our guy, Trevor Lawrence, he wrote in to make sure that he took care of his guy, Chris Schubert. So if it's good enough for Trevor. It's good enough for all of us. That's the, that's, the, that's the motto of the show. And as Kyle Krabs has so eloquently said on draft dudes, treat yourselves, Kings. You guys can buy your own gifts. If you want to buy a gift for yourself, you don't need to wait around for anybody else to do it. Package for, your package. package for your package, as Jake has so eloquently coined for it might as well be the slogan of the of the show. Jamie rankings. What stands out this week for you going into championship week?
0: So there, there are, uh, let's say, four names here that we haven't talked about yet that I'd like to bring up. Uh, one of them I want to start with a guy you're starting anyway, but I think you need to understand the context of how great he has been playing with Julio Jones out. And that's Calvin Ridley. So in the games that Jones has missed this year, Ridley is averaging, these are averages, 11.6 targets, 7.4 catches, exactly 116 receiving yards per game that Julio Jones misses. He is a top five wide receiver this week. I, I just want to, so anybody that's playing, maybe this is DFS. I mean, you are always playing Kyle Ridley, but I think you need the context of how great he has been this year. When Julio Jones has been on the lineup, like he has been a lock for like 20 points, like an absolute lock. So something to keep in mind with him going forward. Uh, three other names I want to talk about. And they are three running backs. And I really want to get your guys opinions on them because I think these are going to be, these could be make or break players for some people this week. The first is the Texans finally, without Duke Johnson, did what Jake's been screaming about for 16 weeks now. They got David Johnson heavily involved in the passing game. They play the Bengals at home this week. I, I had a hard time. I ended up selling him at RB9 for this week. Now, I say that when I say there's, there's eight RB1s I feel confident in. So I understand you have to rank 12 there, but like he would still be in that next tier for me. But how do you feel about him? Is it all dependent on whether Duke Johnson comes back? Do you think this is a, tr- a trend or are they just going to go right back to throwing him the ball two times? Because he could be a tremendous asset to teams. This is basically the difference. Is he going to be, you know, a borderline top 20 running back or is he going to be a borderline top 10 running back?
1: He also um, ran for a hundred Yep. Yep. So I, I love it. I like the matchup. We just talked about this. This Bengals defense has been sneakily pretty damn good. They played really good, but Deshaun Watson has been phenomenal after like week six of taking what the defense gives him. When they made the move to fire Billow, all of a sudden the hero ball kind of went with it. They go empty a ton and David Johnson's a far reach above Duke Johnson physically. If he's healthy and they're going to use him like that, I think he's a top 10 guy. I love it. But he also, I mean, I think he's going to run. He's had some good running games when they've given it to him. They just haven't thrown it to him. They're going to do both. He goes back into like one of those top 10 guys, it's a must-start for you. And I do love the matchup. Josh Bynes is a really good underrated linebacker for the Bengals. He cannot cover David Johnson. Neither can Jesse Bates because of the size difference and David's hands. So if they're gonna go that route, I love it. Well, yeah. uh, Jamie, and, you
2: asked about you asked about Duke Johnson. I think that obviously plays a part, right? When you're looking at mm-hmm. this, but did but this is what we asked for. Like this is what we asked for. I don't know. I don't know how else to say it other than like you saw it on tape. I don't know why you wouldn't do it again. Like I, I get, I get what we saw from Cincinnati this week. And I, I do think that are better than we gave them credit for, but there is another gear that comes to the plate when it's AFC North playing each other, especially those two teams. I don't think we're going to see that nastiness level that you saw against Pittsburgh. Cause it's personal when they pay, when they play each other, they'll play okay, but it's not the same that you're not going to get the same juice.
0: And I also think it's it's worth noting that they didn't exactly do great against Benny Snell, and Benny Snell is yeah. not anything special. So yeah. uh, Dave Johnson's a far better, more talented player than Benny Snell is. So uh, that could be very interesting. And then two more ones I, I want to touch you on. One of them, and again, I don't want to put Jake in a weird spot here. So if you can't talk about it, that's okay. But if he comes back to play, I think Ronald Jones is a top twelve running back this week
1: uh, I against that Lions I agree. defense. Look, so I. Mean, I Yeah, Leonard Fournette was a healthy scratch two weeks ago. I I love the coaching move, of going and talking to him, sitting him down, and he handled it phenomenally, by the way. I think we have to give a dude who we've got a lot of crap to, a lot of credit for the way he handled it as a professional and kind of learning how to be a professional. had a great game, did everything that was asked of him, picked up the blitz, was more physical, caught it well, ran it tough, was solid. But if Rojo comes back and the pinky – the problem is it's his left hand on his pinky. And it's not like Chris Godwin catching a ball, and you can do that. I mean, we saw OBJ catch one over his back with three fingers. It's his stiff arm hand. I don't know that they they're going to the playoffs. I think they can win that game. I think there's probably more of a work share there than we'd want because I think they feel good about Fournette again. And Keyshawn Vaughn, who they wanted to get in the game, dropped his first pass and didn't do a whole lot. So it's probably more of what you saw a lot of the year where Fournette's kind of that guy again, that's probably too much of a work share for me to feel really comfortable. If that cast wasn't on there, the pin was out and he was hundred percent, it was just a COVID thing. Yes. But I don't think that's the case. And I haven't gotten an update. This is pure speculation on my part. Um, But I, I, I know they they were really happy with the way Fournette bounced back this week in Atlanta. I
2: have nothing else to add. I feel exactly what Jake said. That's, I love Rojo. I've loved it. I loved him coming into this year. I've been happy with what I've seen. uh, But you know, kudos to Leonard Fournette for taking it exactly how he should and being a professional. Totally deserving to get that credit.
0: I also needed one more yard from Leonard Fournette for a, uh. a, a fun bet that I did. <laughs> uh, I had him at 50 yards and a touchdown at like three to one odds. And he got 49. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, well, I uh, like
1: what he did. He could have been more physical to get you one more yard.
0: Uh, yeah, that, that, that that's it, really, this is all about me. Um, so I think that's, that's the important thing to keep in mind. There. No. Uh, the last name I want to bring up, uh, because there wasn't a great rushing day last week, but now he's hurt with a high ankle sprain. It won't play. That's cam Akers. How do you feel about Daryl Henderson this week against Seattle, which has been a far worse rush defense, uh, in the last several weeks, There's, it's kind of switched on them a little bit where they had a good rush defense by the numbers because teams were just thrown for 500 against them. Well, now that's caught up against them. As their pass defense has come kind of back to around league average, now teams are running the ball more and running pretty effectively. There's always, you know, Malcolm Brown's still going to be there, but you're going to take one player completely out of the equation here. how do you feel about Daryl Henderson? I, I think he could be a low end RB two this week.
1: I think he's definitely worth playing in an RB2 situation. Like they like Malcolm Brown, but they go to him more when they crunch time. Short yardage, two minute pick up the blitz kind of when they don't trust those other guys that are young, but he's been explosive when he was the guy, when Akers was hurt. I like it. I think there's a, definitely a solid RB two play there. And I know that Sean McVay wants to continue to run the ball to keep them off of Jared Goff Cause the Seattle Seahawks defense is blitzing a ton now. And if you're going to do the one way to hit that in the mouth is to run it. They still were running it as much as anybody till a few weeks ago. Uh, they're still top five in the league in rushing attempts. I, I like that a lot because he's probably going to get 15 carries.
2: Jamie, this exact scenario is playing out in my championship matchup, right? So I have, and this, I I realize now that I've used all of my good luck in this league. And that is why Christian McCaffrey inevitably got hurt. And I have had no luck in any other leagues, but I have Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones and Chris Carson in this league. So I went heavy, heavy running backs and they have, with the exception of Chris Carson, they have been uh, mostly reliable. Uh, So, that's who I want to ask you about. Who do you have rated higher this week coming off a bad performance with Chris Carson, Daryl Henderson, or Chris Carson in a matchup against each other?
0: That's a that's a really, really good one. I'm looking to, I, I know what I think in my mind, but let me double check my actual ranking so I don't give out my bad gut says
2: Henderson. So does mine. So
0: I had them, I have Carson slightly ahead of Henderson, but they're both okay. not outside my top 15. So they are both within that range of like, so here's the run that it, it kind of goes on here, and there's there's such different players that it, it becomes interesting, but my 16 through 20 right now my rankings are Carson, Swift, Dobbins, McKissick, Henderson. Like I think you could probably interchange those however else you want, P- particularly in PPR. If you're not in a PPR league, then you, you bump McKissick down a little bit. You bump some of these other guys. But uh, I think those are really interesting of like RB2 plays that um, – I still think I would go with Carson, but that could change later this week. I, I want to do some more. I do more research throughout the week. These, that's where my, my rankings that come out on Tuesdays aren't final. They, they they're living, breathing. They move around. I, the more I research, the more I write articles I move. I mean, I've moved stuff up and down already today based on articles I've written and have had more advanced research on certain players, but I have them all. If I were to have them all tiered together, there'd be both those players would be in the same tier for me. I
2: think the like-
1: Rams defense bounces back big.
2: I, I pulled a you, Jamie, while we were on the show, I put in a waiver claim.
1: Okay.
2: I pulled a Jamie Eisner and I, and I put, I put in a waiver claim oh, for you should pick him up regardless from Miami Dolphins, right. For Ahmed. So yeah. I picked him up. I, I picked him up and I dropped Debo Samuel. Cause I'm obviously not going to need him right with the, with yep. the injury. Do I play that? Now insert that into this three running back in yeah, my, Ahmed. in my, if,
0: uh, if see, he doesn't play. I, I, I can't stress this enough. The Raiders suck. <laughs> I, I cannot stress this enough. That, is, that defense is horrible. And I am mad at myself because I went all week on our show last week. I was like, "What?" I, I knew I should have picked the Chargers to win that game. And it was just like, I don't, I trusted Carr. And obviously, it's, who knows what happens if he doesn't get hurt. But I trusted Carr. I knew that defense was going to screw him in the end. And I just didn't, I just couldn't quite do it. it like, yeah, which, which one of these two defenses will screw themselves? Because they both of them try really hard on a weekly basis. That defense is bad, and the run defense has been abysmal. Uh, I, if Miami's going to pound the rock in this game, which I think they are, if Miles Gaskin's not playing, yes, Nat Breeder will get some touches here and there. They'll give a carrier two to Lin Bowden. They're going to give Ahmed the ball 20 times. Like, they just absolutely are going to. And against that defense, that's a must play for me.
2: I love that we just did a transaction for a championship victory that I'm going to have this upcoming week. Like I love, I love that that just happened live because Jamie has done this to us all year long where he is on and we look and and he's so he's sneakily for it to use our word. He sneakily does it to us, but uh, this was one where you were talking about it and I'm going, man, I don't, I don't love Chris Carson this week. I don't know if I want to play him or Henderson. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to put in the waiver claim. I'm not playing Debo anyways. So that's perfect example. If you're going in a championship week, like Jamie said, you should have an extra spot because you should drop somebody who you absolutely know you're not going to play. I know I'm not playing Debo. So I know I'm going to pick one of these guys. We'll give an update uh, as of uh, next week to see if I, if I take home the, uh, the championship trophy. Uh, we've reached the end of the pod here, right? Jamie, you don't have anybody else you wanted to discuss rankings-wise? Um, I'm going to
1: go first here, Paige, with my final okay. thoughts. Because I got a couple thoughts. of questions for my final thoughts. One thing that I don't think we do enough of in the show because we get so in-depth, there's a lot of people that just play for fun. And they're in 10-man leagues, 12-man leagues, and there's still some really, really good players in the waiver wire. But you also have loaded teams, okay? So my first question is, do we trust Keenan Allen again with 10 days rest? And what is a pretty good matchup against the Broncos? Or if you're in this scenario, Keenan Allen, Corey Davis in the snow, or Brandon cooks, like people have this, like, we don't normally talk about this kind of stuff because like, you can't really go wrong, but then we're talking about the finals now. So like Corey Davis in the snow against a bad run defense, when Derrick Henry has been running down your throat. And I think Aaron Jones has a big day and this game is short, even though it could be a little bit of a shootout. I don't know that I trust Keenan Allen's hamstring, but if he's healthy, he's had leads to the NFL on targets. You got to love it. But Brandon cooks has been really good for like eight or 10 weeks now.
0: I think in that scenario, I still probably lean Allen, but if I don't go with Allen, I'd go to Corey Davis. Cause I think Davis is still a top 15 option regardless. I know it's going to be in this, maybe in the snow. We'll see what it's going to be cold enough. And it's going to snow at some point in the day. Uh, but we've actually seen a lot of high scoring games in snow. Like as long as it's not like a blizzard, it actually is decent for the passing game. It's a real disadvantage for the DBs. So I would trust that like Brandon cooks to me, I like him, but he's more of a high floor guy Then I think he doesn't have the upside. And I think when you're playing in a league that small upside is so important because you have superstars all over the field, like just getting 12 or 13 points from your receiver. Isn't going to be enough. And I think so. I would take the chance on Allen, uh, assuming again, watch the practice reports. We'll have a better idea as you get later in the week. But if not, I still think Corey Davis would be a more than serviceable fill in.
1: I like right.
2: that. I love that. And I know that that's a. I feel like that's a Jake scenario that he's playing out in his head. So he is that one that it you is, were talking about like personally. If, if
1: I'm in that situation. A lot of people got to be in like a 10. Oh, man hell yeah. Loaded. I get questions all the time for people. I'm like, how the hell is that your your choice like what league are you in well i'm in an eight-man league but it's really competitive eight-man league. Or i'm in a 10-man league and it's a yahoo thing so you only got one flex and sometimes
0: it's harder because it's like it the, one of the advice we, we try to gauge advice for 12 14 team leagues and there's a lot of stuff out there for that but it can be tough when you're trying to parse superstars you hear we talk about that yeah. a lot in draft season of like you're, you're asking me to split hairs between you know, DeAndre Hopkins and Devonte Adams. Like, yeah, I'll pick one and I'll explain why, but like, they're both great. Well, you have that, those issues now, especially with some of these guys that have come up recently. Like I have Brandon Ayuk as a wide receiver one this week. Like yeah. I'm playing Brandon Ayuk over, unless you have one of 10 or 11 guys, I'm playing Brandon Ayuk. Like I, I think there's, there's like right now where if you drafted, let's say DJ Moore really high or Robert Woods really high or Cooper Cup or Amari Cooper high, this week, I'd rather play Jarvis Landry. I'd rather play Corey Davis. I'd rather play Brandon Ayuk. I'd rather, you know, like those are not names that you expected to hear this time of year when you took those guys. I would start all of them over them. Not that those guys are bad options. They're just not quite as good. So it can get very interesting here.
2: Jamie, your final thoughts, or was that your final thoughts?
0: No, that those would be my final thoughts of just, again, okay. making sure. I'll just go, yeah, I'll go in on, on that. I know we're running late here on the show, but... Uh, I'll just use that as my final thoughts this week. And then keep in mind that we're going to be doing our, our TDN live show this week that we normally do on Fridays. We're going to be doing that on Wednesday night. Uh, so make sure we're not, we're not going to do it on Christmas day. Uh, you'll still have plenty of advice. You can watch it on Christmas day on the replay if you'd like, but mm-hmm. please join us for that. Ask us more starter sick questions. Biggest week of the fantasy season all comes down to this. So don't be shy. If you have any questions for us, let us know.
2: Yeah. Championship week. We liked last week. We got a lot of questions and people put, PPR league, half point PPR league, right? They gave us the full breakdown that t- that helps us a ton. So that way we can answer and help you out. My final thoughts are, hopefully you were listening at the beginning of the podcast when I was talking about what Dwayne Haskins did. And on a much lighter note, I will make a joke about it. Be a normal human during a pandemic, gentlemen, and just, you know, find an OnlyFans page that you like instead of going to a damn strip club, you absolute moron, Dwayne Haskins. You're a Gen Z, you know about these things. What are you doing, okay? So for everybody else, please don't be Dwayne Haskins. Just be like everybody else, okay? Find something on the internet instead of going to the strip club, okay? Jamie, how can everybody follow you on social media?
0: You can follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. And I echo those sentiments, especially when (laughs) you you didn't do anything. You've done nothing in the NFL. You didn't even win your game. Like, I don't know what you're doing. What are you celebrating? Just go home, man.
2: <laughs> Just go home, man. That's that's a f- phenomenal final thought. Jake, how can
1: everybody follow you? Jake B. Arians on Twitter and Arians NFL on Instagram.
2: You guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I on both Twitter and Instagram and be sure to follow uh, our intern who probably found Linda C on an OnlyFans page, Uh, uh, poor Hank, Uh, just making jokes left and right about him as we end the podcast here. Follow TDN Fantasy on both Twitter and Instagram and be sure to leave us a review and hang out with us uh, tomorrow as we do our live show.
1: Thank you for listening to Believe.